Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Coming up on NBA Today, the post game everybody's talking about. Russ responds to the West Brick trolling Woj Perk and RJ way in. Plus, Joel Embiid utterly dismantled Chicago Perk on Embiid's place amongst dominant bigs in NBA history. And the Warriors, they lose yet again. But good news may be on the horizon when the Warriors' motor could be back. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. This person on his phone is Richard Jefferson. That's Kendrick Perkins, senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, my favorite out of the bunch, is joining <laughs> us as fact. well. I'm Malika Andrews. We'll get to Russell Westbrook and his must-hear postgame comments in just a little bit, but we have to start today's show with the other Russ, Russell Wilson, who Adam Schefter just reported is headed to the Denver Broncos. So that trade will certainly alter the NFL landscape, right? Yeah. But real quick here, Big Perk, starting with you, which is the more league-altering trade? Is it Russell Wilson or is it James Harden, Ben Simmons swap that we saw about a month ago? Well, you know I'm going to be biased towards basketball. I'm going with James Harden just, just for the simple fact that we haven't <laughs> saw a duo. We haven't saw a duo like this since Kobe and Shaq, meaning – Guard and big. I'm going with James Harden, Drake. Okay, well, let's say hypothetically in the history of sports, one of them has won a Super Bowl, I, I, a championship. One of them has been to two Super Bowls. One has yet to be to an, go to an NBA final. So I'm going to say that is the more important trade, the bigger trade. You know what's crazy? What? He's lying in the truth ain't nowhere near him. James Harden <laughs> been to the final. Yeah, I was going to say with the Thunder. That's oh, funny. yeah, but not no, as the best no, player. No, not as the best no, player. No, not as the best no, player no, as a leader. No, he was no. the sixth man, All bro. I'm saying is he was the sixth good. man, bro. One for Perk. It, that's <laughs> He was the sixth man. Richard. I'm sorry. I'm on Perk's You're side sorry. here. All right. It's a f- really. We're really here gonna make it too. Is this country a basketball school or a football school? Um, is this school? this country? Yeah, it's a turn. Okay. Oh, oh, Keeping it in Philly, Harden and Embiid pulled out last night, prompting Big Perk to tweet. The following, he oh, said Joel Embiid heard all of us crowning Jokic today and decided to give the Bulls an easy 43 cheesesteaks, 14 orders of fries, and another L to go. God bless America and carry on. So we've moved from wings full to full-on cheesesteaks. Mm. I've actually never had a cheesesteak, by the way. But in case you need a, a perk cheesecake translator here, <laughs> cheesesteak translator, Embiid had 43 points and 14 rebounds as his squad dismantled the struggling Bulls last night. Your final in this one, 121 to 106. So Embiid's new teammate, James Harden, added 16 and 14, while Tyrese Maxey chipped in 17 for the 76ers, who've won six of their last seven, by the way, and stayed perfect with the beard in their lineup. So Embiid leads the league in scoring, upping his season average to 29.7 points per contest. And yes, very much in the contention for his first MVP. Last night was his 10th game of the season with at least 40 points and 10 rebounds. Only two players since the merger have recorded such games in a single season. Russell Westbrook and Moses Malone. And then both went on to win MVP that year. And 
While watching this game, I couldn't help but kind of think, does, does Philadelphia have a bona fide big three with Maxi, Harden, and <clears throat> Embiid right now? They could be getting there. But, Richard, rather than the low-hanging fruit of another MVP conversation in question, here's one for you. Fill in the blank here. Joel Embiid is the NBA's most dominant big since whom? Nikola Jokic, the center <laughs> that won the MVP last year. Like the fact when they ask me this question when we do our prep, and I, let me just tell you guys, I'm the worst person to ever prep because I get grumpy with every question. They actually alternate people that call me because I'm just like, we just had a center win the MVP last year. On top of the fact that this center is either one or two, you know, statistically better this year. So how on earth are we trying to say that Joel Embiid is the most dominant center since, what, last season? Is that what we're talking about? Anybody else? You, want, you, you got something, something to jump in on here, kid? I ask you the question. You've been wrong so much about Embiid in this whole situation Ow. that keep going. Keep I'm going. done. I'm done. He's, uh. We had a center win the MVP last year. Bro, so what is I, the most what is the I'm most not, dominant I center mean, since when? I'm not who pissed in your series. Everybody. I had <laughs> okay, a bad day. Cool. I told you that okay, before cool. the show started. <laughs> what, what, what more can you tell us about Joel Embiid and his performance so far this year? Well, it, it shows you what Philadelphia had believed all along that their window to win a championship was now. Yeah. And to maybe win championships. And that that's why they were so intent on holding on to Ben Simmons until they got a deal. Uh, and ended up being at the trade deadline that gave them a chance in this window to do that. Daryl Morey in Houston, uh, James Harden in Houston, Joel Embiid in Philly. The thing they're all missing, and obviously that Philly organization who hasn't won a title in a very long time, was they're not. You hear in the league all the time people talk about sustainable, sustainable success. We want to be really good for seven, eight, nine years, be in the playoffs every year, fill our arena. Maybe we win, maybe we don't. You got to give the Sixers this. They were all in and are all in on winning a championship and maybe championships in this window because they know with Joel Embiid, James Harden, you know, there may be expiration dates for these players in the next three, four, five years at the level they're playing. And they've got them in their prime. And you certainly see the complementary pieces around them that this is a Sixer team that only, not only could win it this year, they've got a chance to win more than one. Absolutely. A big perk for you. Joel Embiid, most dominant big since? You know what? I'm not going to even get in, into that right now, Malika, because guess what? What? Someone said when this trade happened that, oh, it's not going to work. It's going to take away from Joel Embiid. James Harden is going to take away from his MVP play. Whatever. I'm going to big man balling. I'm not even indulging in Squidward today in this, this controversy. Here it is. Why are Bring you it out up. of breath, dog? Huh? I'm, not out of, I'm not out of breath. Relax. <laughs> Same shirt for you, different suit. Here we go. Here we go. When we look at Joel and B, look at, look at how he's doing it. It's not what you do. It's how you're doing it. We talked about Jokic, rightfully so. But check this out. I'm going to show you something. Let me push this coast to coast. Look at the big fella. Look at the big fella. Look at him sizing up Tristan Thompson, who, by the way, is a pretty good defender. Uh, come here, young fella. I'm going to use this footwork I got. A little nice hook in the paint. I'm going coast to coast with it. You want to see some more action? I'm going to get my position. I'm going to size you up. I'm going to face you up. I see the double team. I'm going to wait for it to go. Uh, tomato chest. Uh, Shaq Light. See, Jokic ain't doing stuff like this. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so pause it. Jokic is the only big that could pass in the game today. No, Joel and B said, I have added to my game, finding the cutters, finding the guys that's open on the double team. Joel and B doing this thing. I see you, the big Philly. You know what I'm saying? Malika, 
Get you some Philly cheese steaks. Make sure you add the cheese whiz on top that tops it off. Whiz wit, right? Yeah, whatever it's called. Whiz <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go to the other side of last night's outcome because the Bulls, they're struggling, but are there issues? Are they just stemming from multiple players being out here, or is there something more? Well, multiple players being out and then schedule. Look at this. They lost five in a row. Mm. You've lost to Memphis, Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Those are four of the five. And you could make the case all four of those teams are better than them, certainly with players out. But this is a Chicago team with a lot of young players who are playing now in the kind of games, they've even Zach Levine, yeah. they've never, never played, played in these kind of high-intensity. Uh, Chicago's got something of a target on their back. They were at the top of the East for most of this season. And so this is new to them. And so outside of DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Tristan Thompson, who've done more of this in their career, you know, this is a young group who's facing this for the first time, but they're going to get Caruso back. They're going to get Lonzo Ball back. And don't forget about Patrick Williams, their number one pick from two years ago. He had a great summer league. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a big-time player for them. He still can help them this season down the stretch. Uh, but I think this is a learning process still for a pretty young, inexperienced team. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's extremely difficult when you're going through it for the first time. Your first, first postseason run, excuse me, the first time that you're playing in those important games where you're looking at seeding. Before, you were planning your vacation, you were doing other things, you were getting ready for whatever was next. Now this team has to lock in. And it, sometimes this can help. These moments can help. You know you're going to get reinforcements. So it's like, if you were playing these types of games and you were at full strength, that's when teams can start to feel demoralized. But the fact that you're going to get help, you're going to get guys healthy, that helps contribute to the team. Absolutely. I agree. But, look, it's concerning that they can't beat teams that's at their level in the regular season because we all know that going into the playoffs, like, if you can't beat those type of teams, you have that doubt in the back of your head. And going into the postseason, you don't want that doubt. But I want to say this. Like, a lot of people, we all get – Wild by scoring, right? DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. But we take for granted what a guy like Alex Caruso yeah. brings to the table, uh -huh. right? Those extra, extra possessions as far as offensive fouls uh, that he draws and, and, and the charges that he takes, feeling, you know, defending those wing guys and all those things to, the, to that nature. And, you know, most importantly, he is one of the best cutters in the game today. And in a, in a locker room when we're in film session, they have a lot of times where coaches may say this, cut, you may not get the ball, but you will free somebody else up, up for an open shot. And I think he does a great job of that. Because if you look at the Bulls' offense right now, it looks stagnant, and it's a lot of – but he's the one that, that causes the movement – and I think we take him for granted on a day-to-day -day basis. All right, let's go from the East now to the West, though, because we are now officially on the precipice of some major NBA history here. Last night, Spurs coach Greg Popovich tied Don Nelson for the most wins in NBA history, hitting his 1,335th victory in San Antonio's win over the LeBronless Lakers. He will try to pass Nelson for solo ownership of the record tomorrow night when the Spurs take on Toronto. But... The numbers that might mean more to Pop, those are the five titles, right, with one franchise. So let me ask you this, Richard. The memory that stands out to you from Greg Popovich the most is what? There, there's so many. Uh, again, when you've played for him, you understand his humor, uh, how he can humanize every situation and make sure that you stay in the right mind frame. For me, I just learned so much about basketball. If it wasn't for my time in San Antonio, which – 
didn't really go well. But if it wasn't for my time there, I improved my game. I became a better spot-up shooter. It helped prolong my career. And every single time I go back to San Antonio, you still go. You kiss the ring. You say thank you to this man because he helped me transition from, hey, the league used to be you would show up eight, nine pounds, get yourself in shape in training camp. He's like, no, no, no. Here we are in shape 24-7 all the time. And those are things that you had to learn. So that is something that I am always appreciative of to be under Coach Popovich. Talking to Woj before the show, you shared something interesting with me. What, what stands out to you about Greg Popovich? Yeah, I remember a conversation I had with him. I think it was after their fourth title. It was in preseason. They were starting up uh, another year in San Antonio. And, you know, Greg Popovich was at the, the pinnacle of his profession. He could have made so much money with books, speeches, self-help. You know, he said no to all of that. And I remember I asked him why. Like, why do you stay? And he said something really interesting to me. He said, I think it's very important for a coach to make sure that his players believe 100% and not with lip service that it's about them, that coaches are going to have to do everything they can to create the environment for them. It's not about creating an environment for us. It's a privilege to be able to coach these guys. We make, it, we make enough money. And I think what Greg Popovich was talking about was when you preach sacrifice and team and it's about you guys, that he lived it. And what Greg Popovich did lend his voice to was not so much self-promotion or making money away from the court, but on uh, issues of racial inequality in this country, yeah. on important social issues that he knew that his stature, his job security, all the things that he had that allowed him to speak out in ways that maybe not every other coach could do because of their station in the league. And I think that speaks to the, the impact and, and who Greg Popovich who, who he was and, and who, he, who he remains. Well, and to add to your point, that's very fine because I've never heard that story, but, you know, just from being in the franchise, and there were times where, you know, there were people in it that believed that the reason why they never won a back-to-back -back championship is because after they would win the championship, there were certain people that felt that other people would get distracted. Like, certain guys would get distracted. They would do more commercials, and they would do this other stuff. And so, like, that was one of the things that I always kind of, when I would sit back, and they would be like, yeah, I think that's why we never won a back-to-back -back, because whenever we were successful, whenever we had that championship I felt like guys you know maybe weren't as a hundred percent locked in but they were winning like every other year at one point in time I only had one chance to actually talk with Greg Popovich and that was in when we was went uh, in the Western Conference Finals with uh, Oklahoma City and they had us down 0-2 and we came back to win four straight and I remember after the game you know how you you know go and dab up everyone and everyone you know and I remember talking with Greg Popovich and he was like look Perk if y'all lose, y'all suck. You know, but, because look, we had, we had, we didn't beat them in a regular season, and we were down 0-2, and we came back to win four straight. And he was like, "Look, if y'all don't bring it home, y'all suck." <laughs> I, I will like, say this: obviously, I'm not a player. I've never been coached by Greg Popovich. I've never played against mm -hmm. Greg Popovich. But as a young reporter, I mean, I, I everyone has seen his interactions <laughs> with reporters, and, and, and they're infamous. But I will say this: it made me sharper. Because going in, I was so nervous the first time I went to talk to Greg Popovich, even though it was in a scrum, making sure to have your sharp questions, your thoughtful questions, asking something he hasn't heard before, he made me better. So I am excited to watch him eclipse Don Nelson in this way. It's so incredibly well-deserved. We have so much more to come, though, still on NBA Today. Really exciting show for all of you. Because coming up, Westbrook's postgame sound. Have you heard that? He discussed at length 
last night, his family. Do not miss that. Plus, who is more likely to carry their team to series wins this postseason? Is it Luca or the Joker? Tim Legler's answer. And tonight, it's Ja versus the Pels, the team that chose Zion over him. So will it be personal for G12 tonight? NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Now, we'll say this. Jokic is the most skilled international player this game has ever seen. Period. When you talk about versatility, when you talk about his passing, when you talk about his footwork, finishing around the basket, his tray ball, everything, he has the complete arsenal. He's the most skilled international player this game has ever seen. More so than Giannis, more so than Hakeem, Dirk. Yeah. 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 Say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay, after a spirited debate yesterday, these two put on absolute shows yet again last night. Luca and the Joker, the global game is in great hands. So let's welcome in a couple of global superstars in their own right, Tim Legler and Zach Lowe. Gentlemen, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Which of these two megastars is more likely to carry their team through a playoff series this year? And Legs, I want to start with you. Well, if you get that specific on this question, I'm going to have to go with Luca. I, I think that that team right now, the way they're defending, and they finally went out and got the appropriate type of help for Luca. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is an absolute perfect fit, and, and it's obvious how comfortable he's gotten this quickly. They needed another guy that could go create and generate his own offense off the dribble at a high level, and, and it wasn't going to be Chris Porzingis. So they made this move, and Dinwiddie in the six games since he got there was averaging 23 points on 55% shooting. And it's because of the attention that Luca commands. He's done this before. He's had these kind of stretches before. But I don't think we took the team serious at all before. Whatever they got through, he did it on his own. I think now the way that they are playing, and look, you might not love their roster because they do have a lot of role players, but the way they're fitting together and more importantly, the way they have been defending for the last month and a half, I think Dallas has a more realistic opportunity to actually advance in the postseason. Zach? You're not making me do this. You're not getting me to choose between these two guys. I'm not doing it because I'm going into a playoff series with either one, and I'm excited about it. What they have in common is whatever defense you throw at me, they have an answer for. Luka on the pick and roll, switch, and you're dead. Put a smaller guy on him, and he takes you to the post, and you're dead. Traditional defense, it's lobs, threes, and layups. You're dead. Jokic, there might be two guys in the whole world who are big enough to guard him in the post, 
and fast enough to guard him at the three-point line. That's why DeAndre Ayton was such a big key to Phoenix beating them badly in the playoffs last year. You double him, you're dead. You run him off the three-point arc, pump, go, drive, you're dead. Whatever defense you have, they have an answer for. They can shoot from the mid-range, which becomes more valuable in the playoffs. They are just a skeleton key to unlock everything. And if you give them a good enough supporting cast, they're going to be dangerous. Jokic has already advanced to the conference finals. Lucas teams haven't won a playoff series yet. But ask the Clippers if they'd be excited about facing that dude again in a Fair. playoff series. Absolutely. Zach, I feel like your ears were probably burning yesterday when we had a lengthy discussion about where Nikola Jokic falls in the all-time international great conversation. And you heard Big Perk say he thinks, apologies, but he thinks he's at the top. What do you think? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. These are, these are the same guys who laughed me off the television screen oh, when I'm I aware. said that the MVP race should include Nikola Jokic a couple of months ago. They, they buried their heads and laughed at me. Look, it's to me, it's Olajuwon or Jokic. I, I don't really care. Pick either one. Luka's going to be there. I'll throw one out for Dirk because no one had ever seen a jump shooter like him. And underrated in all these discussions, Pau Gasol, mm. one of the most skilled big men ever and a pioneer in terms of defense, passing, size, shooting, all in one package. Well, I think that the, the differentiator here, too, is not best, it's most skilled, which I know Perk was harping on that, that differential a little bit. Thank you, Tim and Zach. We will see you in just a little bit. But on the other side of Joker's performance last night was yet another Warriors loss, and they're desperate to get their all-star big man back. So here's an update from Draymond Green himself. By the way, uh, I am projecting uh, or targeting uh, my return next Monday, the 14th versus the Wizards. Uh, that is that is the date that I am targeting. I'm excited as hell. I mean, it's been two and a half months. I'm extremely excited to get back out there uh, with my guys um, to try to help right this ship. We'll, of course, cover every angle of Draymond's return. And speaking of Golden State, what a primetime game we have for you Saturday on ABC in the ESPN app. Steph, Clay, and the Warriors host Giannis and the Bucks. Milwaukee cruised to a win over Golden State on January 13th in Milwaukee. The Bucks led by 77-38 to 38 at the half. The Warriors, they look a little bit like they want some payback maybe in this one. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 8 Eastern on ABC in the ESPN app. And coming up on NBA Today, a thoughtful discussion surrounding Russell Westbrook's eye-opening post-game sound last night. Don't miss that one. And we already know you aren't missing John Morant versus the team that passed him up tonight. Was the Zion selection a bad pick or just some bad luck? Plus, 
We just showed why what does Big Perk call him? Skinny Luca continues to turn heads, but Richard was unearthed. He unearthed a Luca lowlight that you won't believe. NBA Today rolls on. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. I hate losing, so yeah, of course there's a level of frustration for sure. Can't even like sit here and say that we should be this or we should be that. Our record is who we are. Championship team, it's not us right now. This season is definitely different. It's the same question every game, every time we lose. It's like, hey, how long do you think it's going to take? We don't know. Russell Westbrook has faced his share of blame for the Lakers' struggles this season. They're 1-5 in five since the All-Star break. And last night, they lost to the Spurs 117-110. to And after the game, Westbrook addressed a series of tweets posted by his wife, Nina, which detailed the criticism and even death wishes that the family has received from fans this season. Take a listen. When it comes to basketball, I don't mind the criticism of missing and making shots, but the moment it becomes where you, sh- you, you know, my name is getting shamed, um, it becomes a, a, a issue. I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, West Brick to me is now shaming, like it's shaming my name, it's uh, my legacy for my kids. Um, it's a name that means more, not just to me, but to my wife, to my mom, my dad. A lot of it, a lot of times, you know, I let it slide, but it's now time to put a stop to to that and put it on notice. You know, my family don't even want to go to home games, to any game, because of, um, you know, uh, not just the media across the globe use their platforms to constantly shame, shame, shame me. Um, and you know, it's just super unfortunate, man. I'm, you know, and it's super upsetting to me. And I'm, you know, I'm at a point you know, to where I'm going to continue to address it. It's just uh, unfortunate. I I do want to point out that his necklace there, those initials, that's are the initials of his wife and his his children, his twins and his son. All right, we now welcome back senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Woj, what are you hearing about how Westbrook is handling this behind the scenes? Well, listen, it's, it's one thing to come to L.A. and play for the Lakers with the stature of Russell Westbrook, the, the significance of that trade, uh, and there's pressure that comes with that. There's going to be criticism that comes with the Lakers when you don't play well. But what's, I think, different for Westbrook is that he's from here. He grew up here. He played his college basketball here. He met his wife here. This is where he wants to raise his family. And he's had an immense impact on the communities that he grew up in. You know, he stayed very connected at UCLA. And I think more than just coming to L.A. to try to win a championship, it was to really be a part of this place again. And I think that's part of beyond the basketball criticism and, and how the team's done. And I think when he sees how that's impacted his family, you know, he's very close with his parents, and they still live here. And I think seeing how it's impacting them, and you saw the emotion of it last night, and I think as a player, you know you sign up for that. You know that you're in the public arena, and when you don't play well, and you don't play well for the Lakers, the team's not winning, there's criticism that comes with that. But I think it's exponential because of his ties here, his history, and, and the impact he's had 
as a member of this community in L.A. Right. I remember talking to, to Russell Westbrook earlier in the season and asking him about maybe something that he didn't foresee when he came to L.A. And he chose to say, I, I didn't, I think people forget that this is the first time I get to take my kids to school every day. Those sorts of things. That's something that he didn't necessarily think he was going to get to do and didn't realize the gravity of until he arrived in L.A. But I want to dive into the heart of Westbrook's comments last night about the harassment his family is experiencing. Because to start, Kendrick, just your reaction to what he said. You know what? I said this, uh, and we were on here maybe about a month ago, and I said that Russell Westbrook is broken. And I'm not talking about his jump shot. Yes, we can go down the line and say how he should play better, but I, I could see it. I could see it in his body language. And now we finally are realizing that Russell Westbrook is human. And if you watch this film right here, look, he's not even involved. Like, mentally, he's not even there. He didn't even move that entire possession at all. And, and so now, you know, when you feel sorry for him in one aspect because you don't never want to see, like, you know, his family get attacked. But then on the other side of it, you also have to play a role of actually keeping your family in check. And so I'll give you an example for us with my wife. She knew that, she knew where I was playing. I got a lot of criticism, especially when I went to Oklahoma City. I told her, stay away from that. Don't respond to nobody in the, in the social media. I can handle it. This is what I signed up for. So it's to the point now, and, and this is not a hot take. This is just being real. It's to the point where I'm almost to the point where I think it's almost best for Russ just not to play the rest of this season because he's not there. When you hear a guy that you grew up watching and Magic Johnson criticize you the way that Magic did the other night and, and saying how that if this don't happen, it would be the worst trade and Russell Westbrook hasn't done this. Russell West, that hurts a little differently. So right now, I understand Russ and I understand him protecting his family, but I also understand that, hey, you're getting paid $40 plus million. It's a certain level of expectations that you got to, you know, that's being held for you that you got to be able to, you know, live up to. But I think it's a fine line, right? Because I know Russell Westbrook, he mentioned the, the media criticism specifically. He also mentioned fan criticism. And again, the sign up for part, right? That when you play poorly, there is some level, level of analysis or digging into the game or critiquing the game that I think is, is warranted and expected. But what people don't expect is the, the, the mean part necessarily and the level of which people are that way, especially now with social media, with it being constant, with it being all the time. Because I think when you're not looking at someone in their face and having a conversation with them, you don't say the same things yeah. as you would behind a screen or when you're yelling into an abyss of an arena. But Richard, how did you sort of show, shoulder uh, 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 that? Go, yeah, right. but Go ahead. Malika, to your point, I, I understand that, right? I, I get death threats right now because of an NBA 2K game. Like, people talk about my I've play. actually heard like, this. Like, real talk. So, so I understand. I, yes, I understand. I get death threats about, hey, if you talk about my, my player again, it's going to be me and They know you. that's pre-recorded, right? Right. But on the other hand of it, Malika, Russell Westbrook has not been nice to the media either throughout his career. So it's a give and take, but go ahead, RJ. I'm no, 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 I got you. And, and look, everything that everybody's saying is completely correct, and you understand. One, there are certain media members uh, that are 
clickbait that like to like rile up the crowd that like that that's what they do sure as former players I will never say anything to on television that I would not say to a player's face now that's a good and bad thing because I'm a crazy person and so I say crazy stuff to people's faces all the time but for Russell Westbrook when people were sitting up here and talked about you winning the MVP for seven straight months and they were just just saying all of these positive things about you now conversely if you play that poorly for a team that people feel like should contend for a championship there's going to be a ton of criticism that comes your direction so there might be some media members that take it that doesn't feel like it's just basketball it feels personal but for the majority of the people we're keeping it just basketball the problem is when we keep it just basketball the basketball is really bad the basketball is really bad now when you want to start talking about family I didn't have kids till later in my career so my kids now are five and seven so they are just now starting to understand I didn't have to deal with when I played extremely poor and my kids had to go to school and listen to that that would be hard for anybody and especially for your wife for your parents for all the people especially in the community that you grew up in mm. I understand the difficulty of that but you have to understand that like you can only protect your family and you can protect your kids and that's it there's nothing else that you can do and i know we want to say that fans are going to be mean having these conversations right now are not helping the situation by any means the more you ignore these things the more likely they're going to go away because now you're going to hear i hate to say it you're going to hear the west brick chance any city he goes to for anything because they think that that's going to get underneath the skin every city he goes to no different than the mascot thing that we saw you know a, a couple of weeks ago where all of a sudden now the mascots are messing with every where, where I, who was it i forgot Devin it was Booker. Devin Booker excuse me but now it, it's cyclical so the more you ignore it the better off you're going to be but that becomes difficult but ignoring it again when it is constant it becomes difficult and i only experience it on a much smaller scale than, than Russell Westbrook does but it's hard to yeah. ignore it when you hear it all the time and when it's not a criticism at least speaking for myself I can take when it's a criticism of the work when it's a criticism of who I am of what that that is where I I empathize with with but, Russell Westbrook but 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 it's not really like Malik is not is not criticizing him like they say in Westbrook they're talking about him missing shots right and we all have been to that point and, and, and to your point of talking about your children I actually have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old that were there and had to go to school while I was in Oklahoma City and getting bashed. And my kids used to come on and say, Dad, man, my, my uh, friend was like, you Kendra Perkinson? It's like, your dad suck. But it's those uncomfortable conversations yeah. that you have to deal with. Again, this is what you signed up for. And I hate to bring it up because he has nothing to do with it, but just look at LeBron James. Can you imagine what his kids go through on a day-to-day -day basis when they go to school and have to hear about the GOAT conversation or LeBron missing free throws or LeBron not being Kobe or he not being Jordan? These are the conversations, and this is part of the growth that Russell Westbrook is going to have to deal with. And all of that makes sense to me. I just think I guess the only thing that we can do here is cover him as fairly as, as we can, right? And then to to fans, think about it. Be when respectful. you're going to a game, yeah. think yeah, about respectful. it. Be respectful. Is this something that you would want said to you? How would it make you feel? And that doesn't mean you're going to change your behavior, but think about it. All right, still to come on NBA Today, here's an interesting question. Does Ben Simmons deserve a tribute video in Philadelphia? Hell no. Well, oh, this is not a dumb broadcaster Sarah Kuzak Oh, man. I almost cussed on TV. <laughs> SUVs, black on black. SUVs, black on black. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. First national broadcast by a woman. The first woman to have a full-time play-by-play assignment with a major men's team. It's Giannis time. Giannis looking to ice it. My name is Kate Scott. Joel Hans. This win is something to build upon. So many women and so many hoopers are fully invested in you and watching what you're going to be able to do with these aces because as a woman in sports, even though we're in completely different positions, you've given me personally so much hope. Needle's moving and never moves as fast as what we want, but I really feel like I'm pushing it in the same direction but a different mode. You know what? There hasn't been someone there before, but she can do it. We can do it. They can do it. We're not going anywhere. Women are not going anywhere. No, we are not. Welcome back to NBA Today. Today is International Women's Day. Join the NBA and WNBA family in celebrating the day by empowering girls to learn and grow beyond the game through her time to play. And now I couldn't be more excited to bring in my friend Sarah Kustok, the first female full-time analyst for an NBA team's local broadcast. Sarah, welcome to NBA Today. Malika, thank you for having me, sis. I appreciate this. This I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right, Sarah, let's just dive right in. The Nets, they've clearly been struggling as of late, despite finally getting Kevin Durant back out on the floor. So what's been your biggest takeaway seeing KD up close here? It's incredible every time we see Kevin, no matter how much time he has missed when he comes back from injury, just time off. uh, It's flawless. It feels like he has never left the floor. And I don't think you can properly put into words just the impact that he has and how he changed the dynamic of a team. Now, Brooklyn's still searching for wins to go along with these dazzling performance of Kevin Durant. But Mm -hmm. I think it's all a part of the things we talk about with the acclimation process of everyone getting used to playing with one another again and getting everyone available on the floor. Absolutely. And speaking of acclimation process, have you been surprised to see James Harden get integrated so quickly with the sister Sixers and dominate just right away? Not one bit, Malika, <laughs> because we and, and you were there. We saw this. We lived this last season when James came over from Houston mm. to Brooklyn. And he's a basketball savant. He is brilliant with the ball in his hands. Think about the players he has around him to compliment. I think we do. I mean, look, Joel Embiid was already having an MVP caliber season. And what a monster that those two could be together. But what's really stood out to me and jumped out is just the way he's always able to elevate the play of those around him and how yeah. much he has an impact with who he plays with and said this last 
last season, and I'll say it again, his resume is stacked. Mm. There's one thing that's missing on it. And so for him, it's all about trying to find a way to get to that uh, championship. Absolutely. And Philadelphia sure has a good chance to do so. But you're around this team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. What's been the reaction in Brooklyn to seeing James Harden just balling out in Philadelphia? I'm not sure with the team, their focus is even on that. I think right now they have enough on their plate to figure out exactly what's happening in in the world of the Nets and trying to get themselves together. When we talk about having everyone available, of course, waiting on Ben Simmons to come back, the full eligibility of Kyrie Irving to be able to play in home games. So overall, I think organizationally, mm. the focus is in Brooklyn. I think for Nets fans, and, and maybe for all of us, I don't know if they feel the same way I do, this could be an extraordinary matchup if they happen to meet, whether in the postseason or down the line. I think we all just want to see some uh, really fun basketball, a fun rivalry, and in that uh, uh, could be in the works, depending on what happens and how things play out. Absolutely. Can, can I tell you a secret, Sarah? I, I kind of hope we see it play out. I, I really do. I mean, it would be fun, exciting <laughs> basketball. But I do know one thing. The Eastern Conference, it is so tight that whatever matchups we do see, they are going to be excellent. Yeah. Sarah Kustok, thank you so much for joining us on NBA Today. Thanks for having me, Malika. Of course. All right. So here's my question, though. When, I, when I'm thinking about what I want to ask our panel at some point, Ben Simmons, he will be back in Philadelphia. He put up an exponential amount of good games compared to the bad ones versus maybe, you know, the Hawks, other things like that. But does he deserve a tribute video? That's going to be my question. I want to start with you, Petty Richard. You weren't even paying attention. I was not. Perk was talking to me. You don't, you don't even deserve the question. Okay, perfect. Go ahead, Perk. Go ahead, <laughs> Perk. Start with Perk. Well, all right. Here, <laughs> let me remind you then what we're talking about. Because Ben Simmons, does he deserve a tribute video? Before we listen to these two. Oh, I remember this question. No, 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 no. I remember this question. You I thought it was privilege. stupid. And Let's I didn't think we should Doc talk Rivers. it. Yeah, listen. Lost your privilege. It's a stupid question. Well, that's a loaded question. Um, yeah, I do, actually. You know, Ben was very, did, Ben did a lot of good things here. You know, uh, it didn't end well, right? Um, just like marriages and all kinds of other things don't end well, right? But Ben did a lot of good things here. And so, you know, it's funny. I don't know if we are or not, but uh, if we did, I'd have no issues with it. No, I don't get involved in that. I don't know. Uh, our fans are so silent, so I can't imagine anything happening. <laughs> it is what it is. He'll be fine. He's a big boy, and uh, he's excited to, to join our team and, and all that stuff. So uh, he wants to be there on the bench with his teammates. We're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We're well, sorry. I, I was distracted. I mean, he's uh -huh. over here telling me. He's over here. No, listen. He's over here telling me. Does he deserve it? Actually, no. Hell no. Does that's the dumbest question. I'm, I'm, listen, not you. Oh, you want not to you. Oh, not you. you. Testing not today, you. Not you. Not you. I'm saying the people that decided to put you in a position and make us ask that question. No, he does not deserve anything. Did Kyrie get a, a, a tribute video when he went back to Boston? Did he? <laughs> Did he? No, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you. Look, we got to just quit handing out certain things. Like, like, a what tribute on video earth? for a person. This that, is everybody that, gets a trophy that, life. That, that ain't it. That quit on your franchise. What, like, you I think I think Doc. See, Doc know what he was doing. He's just trying to nah, lighten the mood. No, these because, people listen, know what they're doing. No, because they no, get us no, mad. They ask no, these questions no, to get no, us mad. No, no, listen, because... Doc Rivers is the reason that we're talking about it. He's actually the one that brought it up. So here's the thing. Doc actually liked Ben personally. So I feel what Doc is saying. Doc is just trying to lighten up the mood a little bit. But look, 
Malika, when you came over here, I, obviously, I hold on, hold on, listen. Obviously, I, take obviously no, take because you was telling me how I just you literally, put you on. You literally just, just you told me to follow no, your you son just said, on TikTok. You just said, you told me to just said I told you I, I was putting you on my TikTok today right. as usual. Told me, you told me to follow your son on TikTok. That's what she how said. about this? We still have much more to come on NBA today. I will be back. I don't know about these two tonight. Do you think Perk and Richard think Zion pick? Will they regret that ultimately? I don't know if you care what they have to say. I don't, but stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. We never saw each other being number one, two pick. One and two in the draft, both from South Carolina. We'll bring excitement to this league. I can't change the culture, and we got All right, let's bring in my favorite person on the show today, Zach Lowe. It's easy to have revisionist history, but was the Pelican selection of Zion Williamson over John Morant, was it a bad pick or just plain old bad luck so far? It sure looks like a bad pick now. I think maybe 29 of 30 teams, if not all 30, would take Ja. But there were only a few voices in the wilderness back then, and credit Perk, he was one of them, really hitting the Pelicans for taking Zion 1 over Jai. It was the consensus number one pick. No one was hating on them then. Could you foresee some injury issues, some conditioning issues? Mm. Maybe. Maybe that should have been a bigger part of the calculus, but it feels like hindsight uh, to get on them now that much for this pick. Certainly, Moran has just gone into the stratosphere this season. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, So it is easy to say now, yeah, it should have been John Morant. But when you look at, yes, Zion Williamson, you know, his, his rookie season, he didn't play a whole lot of games. But then he came back. It looked like, oh, this is going to be the time. He's going to explode. And then kind of never did. But never say never. It's not too early. Zach Lowe, thank you so much. I do know that we are contractually obligated to give Perk the floor anytime we talk about John Morant in the show. So, big Perk. The floor is yours. Well, well, look, I agree with Zach 100%, and I'm glad he saved uh, two minutes of time. Oh, yeah, we're on the, the dark, dark side. side. <laughs> but look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not just this game tonight against the Pelicans that Ja is that Ja is going to take it personal again. He takes it personal against everyone. We have to remember, coming out of high school, he was overlooked. Had to go to a mid-major school. People have been looking, overlooking Ja Morant for the longest. So every time he steps onto the floor, he has that chip on his, on his shoulder. By the way, they're coming off a loss against the Houston Rockets. I expect him to go out there and perform in great fashion tonight. I'm talking about Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. He's going to handle his business. I mean, there might be a little Why are bit you of so jealous? Man, because you got your own lighting situation. So what? It actually right. made your NBA head look good back. for once. You look, like a, you look like a flow. 
floating coat. That's what you look like. <laughs> NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Here's our star-studded NBA Wednesday doubleheader on ESPN at the app. The top teams in the association square off in our first game with the Suns taking on the Heat. And then it's out to Salt Lake for Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz hosting the Trailblazers. Our coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 7 o'clock Eastern. All right. Because Richard Jefferson is hosting the show tomorrow. Oh, I hope I'm not on. We are talking about, man. We go from we go from <laughs> this to this. Look now, watch this. That's Rich. Oh, look at this flop. Look at this flop. And then look, look, look. That is the best flop. And he knew. Look. Ah! <laughs> look, look. He's got some soccer background. We know. We've seen him handle the soccer ball. We know. But Luca, that's bad. Come on. You wouldn't want nobody doing that to you. That was a terrible flop. That was that was the worst flop that I think we've seen all season all right. long. NBA Today will be on ESPN 2 tomorrow. You will catch these two then. Let's go, Big Perk! Let's go! We hyped in this... Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.